Blog Talk Radio. It's the Jenny Hatch Show at Blogging Mothers Magazine, and I'm your host. My special guest today is my fellow activist, Putu, who is a musician, and he's going to speak and give an update about the Ebola situation in West Africa including the status of the clinical trials of Ebola vaccines. He's also going to share insights on the food relief efforts that are ongoing in his home country of Liberia. Puto, welcome to the show. Greetings, greetings. How are you doing there, Jenny? Thank you so much. I'm doing well. It's wonderful to have you on the show again. It's been three months since we did our first two Ebola shows And with the vaccine trials beginning in Liberia in a few days, I thought it would be a powerful thing to get an update of the situation on the ground in Liberia. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, it's so crazy how, um, you know, how much has happened even within, um, you know, three three months. Um, First off, I again want to thank you for that um, platform for our previous shows and uh, the the shows and uh, other uh, exposure that happened after that. Um, you know, obviously want to thank, uh, God for just, um, you know, the, the guidance, you know, before and, you know, during and, you know, the con- continuance, you know, the creator in this journey. Um, yes. <clears throat> As of right now, I mean, since the last time we spoke, I mean, we had, you know, Thomas Duncan, Eric Duncan at, uh, you know, the first, individual to die on U.S. soil of Ebola, who, you know, who happened to be a Liberian. Um, we heard around the time when we had our uh, interview, we were hearing a lot of projections, um, very, very grim projections as far as these, where uh, the epidemic was going to be around this time in the new year. We heard uh, things like um, 20,000 per week and then, um, you know, we heard that it was going to be like 1.5 million um, people would have, uh, you know, have Ebola or, you know, have died from Ebola around January 2015. So um, that being said, I'm, I'm here, you know, happy to say that um, a lot of those projections were way, 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 way off the mark. Um, and that uh, the Ebola crisis you know, has definitely, um, you know, gone, you know, wind down a lot. Um, not to say there are not challenges, current challenges, but, um, you know, we have really, you know, the trajectory has, you know, like almost made like a, a, a U-turn, especially especially in Liberia. And a lot of that uh, is because of the information and the concern of, you know, people such as yourself and all the listeners. We just want to thank everybody for who rallied around um, the people of West Africa to kind of share the correct information and, um, you know, uh, uh, just help guide the people through this, you know, this crisis, you know. So that's the question. It was wonderful that Leonard Horowitz, who wrote the groundbreaking book, Emerging Viruses, was able to join us on the main broadcast that we did. And Len wrote that book 18 years ago, and for 18 years it has largely been ignored by the world. It's the key to understanding this whole big story. 
Yeah. You know, definitely want to thank uh, Dr. Leonard Horowitz and um, and Sherry <clears throat> as, as well, you know, for their assistance. We actually had a series of conversations and teleconferences with them that allowed uh, Dr. Horowitz uh, to go a little bit more in depth um, with, uh, you know, his, you know, his book, because it really helped to put things into context though. Um, like for, for anybody who's kind of new to that type of, of knowledge, it was kind of challenging, but, um, by having, uh, access, making itself so accessible, you know, to the people who are going through this uh, situation right now, we had the opportunity to have them online with doctors, Liberian doctors um, in Liberia and in the diaspora, you know, um, and they had questions and everything. It was very, very interesting and enlightening, you know. So. Yes, he's just got a, a lifetime of knowledge around infectious disease. And it saddens me that he has been so... Uh, rejected by the medical industry. But when you read his work, you can understand why he poses such a threat and why they felt the need to pull his YouTube channel videos, which had millions of views. And he's largely been uh, silenced and ignored in, in just about every, uh, at least, media apparatus, which is a shame to me because he should be on every news broadcast talking about Ebola, and yet instead he's, he's ignored. So, Putu, tell us about what's happening in Liberia today. <clears throat> well, uh, right now, um, the latest, the latest quote, uh, official, quote-unquote official um, stats, statistics, is that um, uh, Ebola in Liberia uh, is about, there haven't been any new uh, cases reported for, um, you know, a couple of days probably a couple of weeks now, you know, where, um, you know, there was once upon a time where, you know, there was so many cases in, you know, uh, in even in a day. But now, you know, uh, there's a lot of um, <clears throat> people who are just aware and taking a lot of preventative me measures. You know, uh, it was only until New Year's, um, it wasn't until New Year's that uh, there was a curfew lifted that um and that people were kind of rejoicing you know for making it into new year that people you had a semblance of you know uh back to normal you know quote unquote so to speak where people wanted to go out to um you know in public gatherings or go to church or go to go out partying in the, in the new years and even that i think um people were still very very vigilant you know, everybody's just really, really everywhere you go. There's like um, places where you have, um, you know, places to wash your hands and sanitizers, and you know, a lot of people. It, you gotta remember, this thing really changed the society. You know, because you're talking about the people who are so used to being friendly, or like, you know, touchy, hugging each other, shaking hands, and um, within a matter of months that you just have to, like, everybody's just weary of anything. You people, you know, that you haven't seen in so long, you standing at them at a distance and looking at them, and y'all y'all both understand what it is, you know. <laughs> so it's a, it's, a, it's a weird thing, and I think that <clears throat> the psychological effects of Ebola <clears throat> are beginning to become very, very apparent, you know, in terms of how long will it be before people can, um, you know, go back to like a, a quote unquote normal 
society like you know you know that's that's where it is right now so um outside of outside of that um in the midst of the Ebola issue was the uh it talked about vaccines and drugs <clears throat> and right now there's um communications out there by you know a lot of the sponsors of these vaccines and these clinical trials um you know in getting their participants and uh at least for Liberia I'm not sure about Sierra Leone and Guinea I don't have um the direct information right now but I know for Liberia the plan at least um at least up until a week ago people uh age 18 and over um to be uh volunteer participants in uh in the vaccine there's two I believe there's two vac- vaccines that um would uh, be involved in in the clinical trial and uh they were slated to start on the 26th January 26th and <clears throat> the major concern uh with that was just that um because of the the uh urgency and I mean desperate situation that you know people were in um we wanted to ensure that the people of Liberia were were fully um informed of all the risk involved in you know such a clinical trial um prior to them you know instead of making in order to be able to make a rational decision to say okay should i take this or should i not take this you know because when you just start saying oh don't take the vaccine don't take the vaccine though you may you may have um good reason you know from history um it's like when you, when people are in a situation where it's so desperate and you know something comes up and it's being implied that this could help you know, you really have to make a case of, and, and, you know, what do you mean don't take this? People are dying. we we got to try something. So the basic um, stance that, um, you know, some of the things that we have been doing <clears throat> was just trying to educate people in general to know the pros and cons, so to speak, you know, just to be fully aware because, unfortunately, uh, some of that, the the risk factors, um, are not as um, you know known or, or or spread in terms of you know shared with the people who will be taking it you know um, because <clears throat> the regulatory authority uh, the regulations of so-called developed nations are not as stringent or known or empowered as in so-called first world nations. Um, there's a there's a window of opportunity for some pharmaceutical companies or some of these big you know people who have drugs or vaccines to you know take advantage of those of the loopholes and not you know completely advise people of their rights and you know and you know to know exactly what it is that they're going to be having to put in their body. So um, it's called informed consent. In, indeed, informed consent. You know that has been like um, a major, major, major uh, priority um, to 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 have that um, at the forefront 
of of this wave, this aspect of the the ordeal as it relates to vaccines and clinical trials. So, um, one interesting thing that has happened is that um, in some of the preliminary forums and um, discussions, when uh, they were going out in the field <clears throat> to uh, uh, get you know see about getting potential participants, I mean they're sharing that. Um, they may be they will have provide transportation funded because you can't literally pay them to take your to be involved in the study. That's just um, it will be too obvious. But um, they they have the opportunity to uh, you know the participants would would will be provided stipends for transportation to from the studies and they will be able to get a free uh, full body medical examination um, things of that sort and. Just, just let's just say the free medical body examination um, alone uh, in a country where the healthcare infrastructure is already, you know, like has been in shambles. It's been in shambles because of the Ebola. Even before the Ebola situation, it was been, um, it was not the best. So you talk about people who haven't had access to, you know, such medical exams for years, decades, even, and you know, to have that as an incentive. Um, you know, to participate, that's a very big, um, you know, benefit, you know, so to speak. But some, even with that being said, um, some of the questions that the locals have been asking um, because of the information that has been shared over the course of the last several months, um, people are asking, hey, if I take this vaccine uh, and something, okay, if it, are there side effects? What what are what are the side effects? Um and you know, if I take this vaccine and something happens to me because of the side effects, how long are y'all gonna monitor me? How long are y'all gonna be here? You know, weeks, months, years. Okay, if something happens, uh what will happen to my you know, to the family? Their insurance involve you know, um options for insurance or um, some people even go as far as to ask, uh, you know, what is actually in the vaccine, you know. So these particulars, you know, these type of details, um, historically and traditionally um, are not, I can say, you know, in quote-unquote developing nations where those incentives and the benefits are there. You don't always get that, you know, it's that, that type of, you know, pushback or that kind of skepticism. But it's it's it's, it's definitely... Um, you know, are uh, evident here, and um, it's, it's, it's forcing those who are going out there and presenting, you know, the clinical trials to the people to go back to the drawing board or to adjust their method. That is the exact advice that those of us who are anti-vaccine activists give to the families in our sphere of influence. We challenge them to read the package inserts that come with the drugs so that they can see that, yes, there are known side effects. And are those side effects worth the cost-benefit ratio to your child or to you before you get this vaccine? Now, because Ebola is a new vaccine, um, we don't know what sort of side effects we can expect. But when you look at the 100-year history of the whole vaccine industry, they don't have too much credibility in terms of uh, how many people truly are damaged. And the long-term monitoring that you just mentioned 
almost never happens. Um, parents here in America who have children who develop horrifying diseases after getting vaccines sometimes find it almost impossible to get their doctors to admit that the child is ill because of the vaccine. And it's really mm-hmm. only been in the last few years that certain websites, mostly started by parents, have been documenting these cases, sharing what are the typical side effects, and then demanding accountability from the pharmaceutical companies and the government. But in America, the, they have complete indemnification from any liability you cannot sue a pharmaceutical company if you are a vaccine-damaged person. And um, to me, it's one of the biggest crimes and hoaxes currently happening in the States. And so I don't look at what's happening with Ebola with any sort of trust or um, belief that what they're doing is a good thing. I am highly skeptical. I am totally suspicious. And as Dr. Leonard Horowitz has said, quite often the vaccine is the pandemic, which means they will be giving Ebola to certain people through these vaccines, and that will produce produce another layer of the pandemic. So, you know, you know, to that, you know, to add on to that is like, um, if there was a more of an emphasis on actual, you know, the cure, um, you know, because, you you have a situation where these participants are people who tech, who wouldn't have had Ebola. It's a vaccine to say it's a preventative measure, meaning that you know you know it's not somebody who has Ebola that will be part or supposed to be participating. In. So um, you're going to put an untested substance, you know, into a segment of the population who do not have Ebola, rather than focusing on those who may have Ebola already and seeing how you can empower efforts, you know, to cure them. You know, what is, you know, that when you look at it from that standpoint, it's like what is the main motive, of, you know, what is the main motive? The more people are concerned, it's like, all right, let's focus on those who already have Ebola, you know, and see how we can um, fix, you know, address that situation rather than, put a whole bunch of, you know, 28,000 people at potential risk, you know? Right, right. Well, I so appreciate your insights, and I would love to hear more about what you have done, the food relief efforts, because I know it was getting pretty dire over there when the quarantines were happening and there was the curfew, and so um, I've seen the pictures. You guys have been doing some great work through LibertyShine.com. Can you tell us more about what you've done? Oh, sure. You know, thanks for that. And, um, I, I again, I want to thank all those who spread the word, who spread the link, and, uh, you know, even contributed um, to the efforts, you know, um, over the course of November, December, and then um, the beginning, like the first week of, first two weeks of January, we've been um having um food uh community events you know as you know as you know as we were able to where um we invite people from in the community to 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 have to eat you know getting you know cooking have some cooks 
some people in the community come together, get rice, bring the water, bring, um, you know, to get the greens and everything. Um, and there was a, a big emphasis on, you know, the, the kids because what has happened over, you know, school has been closed um, since September um, in Liberia. So you have just kids that are idle, nothing to do, running around. Some kids are hungry. Kids have become uh, orphans, you know, and don't have anywhere to, to go like wayward kids. You know, you have people, families who have, or kids or people who have been ostracized or from the community because maybe they have become, they are survivors of, of Ebola, um, but they haven't been um, able to reintegrate into society because it's, it's, you got to remember, it's, it's very frightening ordeal. So um, sometimes we have had, we have had uh, you know, numerous community forums, educating the people, disseminating this information. Not everybody has access to the Internet um, or, you know, so some of the information that we've been able to have on, you know, these broadcasts have had to just been, um, you know, done in a word-of-mouth fashion. Uh, entertainment, having getting some of the local artists and musicians. Jaws has done been doing an excellent job. Jaws of the Living King has been doing an excellent job of, you know, putting it together, um, orchestrating that along with um, Fatu Bedamai and David Sumo and a number of other people out there. And also, one thing that has been, um, you know, interesting was also sharing with people some of the challenges that have been going on here in the States as well as it relates to, you know, human rights, you know, when it comes to things going on in Ferguson and um, the, the rise of people where the taking a stance on social injustices to kind of link, you know, um, you know, link the two situations and let people know there are challenges, you know, on both sides and they are kind of, and they are, and they are connected when we look at it from the standpoint of uh, who's orchestrating it and um, where, where these things are coming from. So the events have been, um, you know, very, very, very valuable. You know, you see the pictures, as you said, and, the, and we even have some video clips. And we would like to continue it um, because the next thing outside of the clinical trials is that uh, school has been um, – there's, there's supposed to be opening schools in um, February, come February, and a lot of parents and families are concerned that uh, – the schools are not up to par in terms of sanitary conditions and um and then also school fees you know there's a lot of resistance in terms of like the the youth um you know the people who feel that you know um you know the government is not you know has not properly handled that that issue there so um, it will be very important for us to continue these efforts, these relief efforts, to kind of quench the um, or kind of uh, guide the, the 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 energy so that it doesn't become something where um, is 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 violent. Um, that's 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 what I would I would say. And um, when people don't have basic needs and then they're frustrated and they feel that they're not being heard then, you know, the, you resort to violence. And we want to make sure that as we are educating the people and we're saying don't do this, do that, we actually have a means to 
you know, to uh, to kind of say, okay, see, we're trying, we're, we're, we do have something in place, you know, to to kind of um, support, you know, your basic needs. So we can't just be only disseminating information. So it's very important. We urge all of you listeners out there to, you know, even if you have not gone to the page, to go out and check out the page and, you know, you know, find it in your heart to contribute to these efforts, you know, dollar, $2, $5 to whatever it may be. Every little bit helps or counts or just spread the word, you know. All of that is very, 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 very instrumental in making an impact in this situation. I totally agree with when people's physical needs are met emotionally, they are more able to deal with the stress of life. And I love that you're a musician and you understand the power of music. Can you tell us a little bit more about your music? Yeah, um, it's so interesting. I mean, the thing about it is, like, I've had a project that I've been wanting to put out, you know, for some time now. It's actually called, it'll be my first solo project. It's called Save the World or Stop Trying. And um, I believe when once it, uh, I do put the full project out, it's really going to put in the context, you know, a lot of the work I've been doing for, for some years. Uh, but it's like because of the nature of, you know, these issues and these concerns, like um, I, I have not been able to, like, focus totally just on the music per se. Like this the project was supposed to come out, like, a little bit before Ebola. Then Ebola came up, and it really kind of drove my attention you know, away, but uh, it's going to be coming out in the months to come, and, uh, it, you know, it's, it is is a statement, you know, save the world or stop trying in itself, the phrase, I mean, it's a, I'm, it's, you know, we can make a reference to 50 cents, get rich or die trying, you know, the the urgency and just that, that um, you know, that, this, that ultimatum, either you're going to do this or you're not going to do this, so when I say save the world or stop trying, it's like a challenge. Basically, saying we can't, we can't have do it. We either going to do it or we're not gonna do it. Just stop trying. There's no point. And you know, throughout the, you know, you know the the project, you know, I share, you know, some of the challenges I have gone through in that whole journey. Uh, but ultimately, my choice is, you know, obviously saving the world. You know, so w- what about you? You know, as a listener, what's your, you know, what's your take on that? And um, that's going to be available on putumusic.com. That's P-U-T-U-M-U-S-I-C.com. And um, even right now, you can go there and check out some of the videos and material I already have on, on that, you know, so putumusic.com. Well, and I know you're also really concerned about what West Africa and specifically Liberia looks like after Ebola. And how can we quickly help that nation get back on its feet and get functioning as just a regular society? Do you have any ideas or suggestions for how to make it quick? Well, I would say this. Um, I actually have another uh, venture that you know were um, that that was in effect even prior to the Ebola situation, um, and I'd like for all the listeners to please uh, note Liberia Heals. Dot org. That's L-I-B-E-R-I-A-H-E-A-L-S dot org. And Liberia Hills was established to address the mental health and the healing of the people, of a traumatized people post-war. 
uh, because when you look at the society of Liberia, Liberians in general, even Liberians all the world, around the world, all Liberians indirectly or directly were affected by the civil war and the, and the issues that um, the atrocities that endured from like 1979 on and off throughout to like 2003. You know, people like Liberians are all scattered. You know, the diaspora is all, a lot of people are all around the world as a direct result. So people, what unites the people, and um, it is this traumatic experience as a whole that affected people in different ways. But um, what it is is that with Ebola, just as Liberia Hughes was kind of gaining momentum, you know, Ebola came out, which has added a whole nother traumatic um you know, uh, experience, you know, to the to the psyche of the Liberian people. And it's very, very important to address the mental, the, the, the tra traumatic, um, the mental traumatic experiences, you know, the emotional stress, because it will help the, it will help the uh, people be able to cooperate a lot better with each other. So please support the Liberia Hughes Initiative and any other organizations that are focusing on the mental health aspect of the people and healing and reconciling as well as the practical, you know, physical needs, basic needs of the people. That would be very, very instrumental to speed up the um, recovery process. Do you see those who've dispersed around the world? And I think your family was one of those families. Do you ever see yourselves moving back home to Liberia? Oh, surely, surely. I mean, um, by 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 virtue of the the work that I'm involved involved in, I think it's very um, indicative of that fact that I I do plan on um you know going back. Um, the thing about it is that because it's so strenuous, you know, it's so strenuous of a of a of a of a um of experience itself to kind of make sure that you know the country is somewhat comfortable. A lot of people kind of just get um, complacent in their lives, whether in America, Europe, Australia, wherever they may be, outside of Liberia, and just kind of give up. And they just or they just may just focus on their immediate family and relatives and, like, you know, if, if everything gets better, they'll go back. But I believe it's very important that, you know, there's a collective sacrifice, you know, of the people abroad as well as on ground to kind of work together cooperatively, you know, to make Liberia a place that is, um, you know, people want to actually come back and enjoy. Right. Have a restoration of the nation. Mm -hmm. That's so exactly. beautiful. I can totally see that happening. And I do think it will be young people like you who say, yes, this is my home and we want to make it better for our children and grandchildren. I want to end the show, Putu, with an offer to anyone who's listening, especially those who are in West Africa if there is some sort of a violation of someone's health, and by violation I mean a, a family has been um, forced to get vaccinated or forced to have certain treatment, I would like to invite those people to come onto my radio show to share their story because it's one thing to go into a nation and voluntarily conduct a scientific study that the people claim, the pharmaceutical companies claim, will benefit all of humanity. But it's quite another when that same company comes in and leaves human wreckage in their wake. 
in the form of children dropping with narcolepsy, can't stay awake, the sleeping disease, or any of the other diseases that are so common and uh, noted as side effects from, from vaccines. So if there's any abuse of power towards people's civil, civil liberties or rights around their bodily integrity, I would like to invite anyone who has a story to share, a doctor or an individual or a parent, to come on to my radio show and share that story because we really need to hold the pharmaceutical companies accountable for what they're doing. Surely, surely indeed. You know, I, I think we'll definitely keep our ears on the watch, especially as we go into the whole clinical trial um, phase of stories. And there will be a lot of stories, a lot of unheard stories, you know, that um, need to be shared with the world. And um, I think platforms such as yourself would be great to well, get that my, word out. My blog is JennyHatch.com, and the whole blog is dedicated to the promotion of family health freedom. And I'm particularly interested in the areas of vaccines, childbirth, and psychiatric care. And as you probably are well aware, sometimes the side effect from a vaccine is not physical, it is a mental illness. Uh, the person will just become crazy. And so, and little children too will just start to exhibit all of these very strange mental behaviors. And so, um, I'm interested in hearing any of those side effects that may show up around getting an Ebola vaccine. So please help get the word out on that. People can contact me through my website, JennyHatch.com, or they can find me on Facebook, or if they want, they can email me directly at JennyMHatch at Yahoo.com. And this is a long-term offer. This is not just for right now, this month, this year. If something shows up down the road, your child develops multiple sclerosis or you yourself become ill because you had an Ebola vaccine but it didn't really show up for several months or a year later, I want to hear those stories. Indeed, indeed. Well, definitely, the word is definitely out there. So for folks out there listening, um, you know, the, the platforms are here. The platforms are definitely here. They do okay. exist to get the true story. That's right. Okay, do you have anything else you'd like to say before we wind down the show? Well, I mean, for whatever it's worth, I just encourage people to continue um, seeking truth, you know, staying strong, and assisting uh, those practical efforts being made out there for people to make a difference, um, you know, because it was, you know, the, the nation celebrated Martin Luther King's um, birthday um, recently, and uh, you know Martin Luther King Jr. did say, um, "An injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere." So, because something may be happening in Liberia, Sierra Leone, Guinea, does that mean that you know that because you're in America, Europe, or where other part of the world that you should be far removed from it? We're interconnected, so it's incumbent upon us you know, in the human family for us to uh, realize that and, and act upon them when we do see it and vice versa, you know, and that's the reason why we connect in the struggles and sharing with the people of Liberia and West Africa what's going on around the world. Let them know they're not alone in struggles in general. So uh, LibertyShine.com, if you want to find out more about the relief efforts and the things that we're doing and just supporting the cause, 
pull two jaws and you know other of us you know um liberiahills.org is another site that you can go to to kind of learn more about the reconciliation process and uniting the liberian people and um and we did talk a little bit about the music um you want to find out more about putu as a music uh, a performing artist hip-hop reggae afro beat um you go to putumusic.com and also you definitely got to continue supporting this jenny hatch you know her blog um and, and radio show as well as dr leonard horowitz and sherry king um and we thank god thank god we, we give him all the glory and putu i would like to give you an offer of just any time you want to share an update or tell us what's happening uh, developmentally, especially as the vaccine rolls out, that just send me an email and we'll do a show to update what's going on. Sure, sure, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll take this as probably part one of the vaccine, or we just say part two in general. Or is this part three? This is our third interview. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, and God bless you, and I'm sure we will be in touch. I'm friends with you on Facebook, and I have quietly followed the story on Facebook for the past three months. But, you know, we're all busy with our families and our lives, and we do what we can. So thank you again for coming on the show today. And for any of my listeners, again, you can find me on the Internet at JennyHatch.com. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you. We'll talk again soon. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. All right.